Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey everyone, Mark from Gitanos here, letting you know what we're talking about on this week's Patreon episode. We take a question from Scott about which Epiphone and Gibson models have P90 pickups and non-wraparound tailpieces. We also take Paul's question about buying a new amp that you can use for home and for gigs. And we also take Jeff's question where he asks us to name his brand new pedal. If you want to hear that, patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds, where you can support the Guitar Nerds podcast from as little as $1 a month. Patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Packham, joined this evening by Jay Cross. Hello. And Joe Branton. Ah, uh, yes. Fine form. Welcome. I uh, thought you were organising a fourth person to join us today. No, I thought you were organising a fourth That's person. That's not true at all. Wait, you guys were supposed to get Dan Grace. He couldn't make it. Mary couldn't make it either. Oh, okay. Turns so, out, just the three of us. And building all- castles... In, in the, the sky, sky. Um, just the three of us. Yeah, that's you, you and I, and <laughs> <laughs> me and Barry White. <laughs> Barry Time. Um, thanks for uh, for joining us for another exciting edition of the Guitar Nerds podcast. This week uh, we're going to be talking. Um, we've got some Gear of the Year stuff to talk about. We've seen some new pedals. We're also going to be talking about brand new instruments from Fender. Um, some new stuff from Warwick. Um, some brand new stuff from Wampler. A, a very crazy bass from Ibanez. Um, and and unfortunately, the sad passing of Malcolm Young. Um, so lots and lots to uh, to talk about this week. Um, first up, I thought we would cover Joe Branton. You've been um, looking at some new uh, Gear of the Year arrivals. Yes, I have. What have you? Um, what's kind of caught your eye? Um, so we had this week. Uh, well, actually, it was at the end of last week's podcast. We went and picked it up. The um, uh, the Echo Line Everest Drive. Mm-hmm. Um, which in kind of following on from the absolutely brilliant... What was the name of the pedal? Roadrunner. The Roadrunner. Yeah, it's just a really cracking, good-sounding, simple drive. Is it slightly smaller housing? (laughs) No. Okay. (laughs) But I love that. I love... Like, they're such tanks of pedals. They feel like uh, just such quality, and I think that... You know, it, it fills you with confidence when you plug in a, a pedal that's that's it's so chunky. so robust and well built. Yep. So terrible if uh, real estate on your pedal board is an issue, but I thought it was great. I also thought it sounded absolutely smashing. Yeah, was, I've not heard um, it yet. I'm excited. I was playing it at home with my Vox AC10 and my uh, Sterling St Vincent, and it sounded absolutely banging. Nice, nice. Sitting, um, um, sitting right behind you as well as a whole stack of brand new pedals. Yes, we've, we've got all the Meris stuff. We have. I've uh, literally picked this up today, so I've not even heard it yet. So I, I wasn't sure that a couple of these were released this year, but I think they were just really early. Well, I think, I think it's actually more so that we can do some stuff, but uh, the Polymoon, I think. Polymoon's is, the one. Yeah, that's it? what that they've submitted. Is- Absolutely a timeline killer, a Strymon timeline killer. Listeners, if you have Those not, are big, strong, fierce mate, words. I know, but I don't think I've heard anything quite as good and versatile and capable of being like completely crazy and completely dialed back uh, in a delay pedal in a long time. And it's um, 
you know, it's in a decent compact housing as well. It's not going to take up loads of room like the Strymon stuff. Unlike Strymon, it will run on normal power. Um, unlike Strymon, it actually does something to your effects rather than just, you know, sort of advertising that it does. And <laughs> what does that even mean? Basically sounding like an RV5. Just the <laughs> most powerful effects no, processes. No, I tell you what, what it was, was um, I for, for some of the videos that I do at work, when we make like, when we did like the Stranger Things theme and we did like a Blade Runner theme, yeah, I need to get like a really uh, a, a, a reverb that will do tons and tons of stuff. Like yeah. basically, I need something that can do shimmer, but can probably do a load of stuff as well. I always go for the um, the RV five hundred, yeah, and just to mix it up for a video that was shot, I went and got the uh, the Big Sky, and I was just like, oh, is th- is that it? Is that is that it? It does a lot of stuff. I don't think you can say. Is no, that it's it? true, but it just—it wasn't very real timey. I didn't think the controls were very real. Yeah, there's a lot. Of I was stuff. annoyed by the fact I had to go and get a special power supply for it. Yeah. Like, I mean, come on. That's always come on. Carl Martin worked out how to not do that. Like, you know, well, Carl Martin worked out how to not do that by hardwiring their pedals. Yeah. Like that's, that's not a compliment. That's even <laughs> more irritating. Yeah, that's, okay. that's the worst solution. <laughs> right, yeah, fine, fine. Anyway, yeah, I'm sure they're very good. I, I just—it was the first time I'd probably actually sat down with some Strymon stuff, and I was just a bit like, "Oh, what's the fuss?" Right. But anyway, the Polymoon is absolutely killer. Okay, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to plugging it in. So we've got a stack over there. We've got the Polymoon. Uh, we've got the. I don't know, mate. I didn't look at them. Probably the Reverb 7. Uh, I think it's called the Reverb 7. There's one like the M248 and or something like that. Um, they're, they're literally, just stand up no. and go and look at them. Ugh. There's the uh, the Otto bit, I think. Yeah, the Otto bit junior. That's the one that's on there. And there's also uh, the M2. Yeah, no, the, the M4 bit is just like their part number you fell in. Oh, uh, I'm glad the, that went out. It's the Mercury 7. The Mercury 7 is what we've got. And what else? And that's it. The Mercury 7, the Polymoon, and the, the Otterbit Otter Junior. Cool. Oh, cool. I'm so looking forward to the Otterbit Junior is a super cool, like, um, arpeggiating pitch machine that can do loads of other cool stuff as well. And the Mercury 7 is just a really good reverb. So um, Nice. Yeah, so that would be really cool. Uh, they'll be great to check out. Worth mentioning, we also got a delivery from podcast listener Stuart Tate, um, Tate, Tate FX. FX. Um, his booster and also his, um, what do you call it? A buffer. There we go. That slipped my mind for a second there. Um, curious to see how that pans out because obviously the buffer could fit into the best accessories category, which as we've said, is a, there's not much going on in that category no, this year. It's, it's a been, great size, the buffer. It is. As well. It is. It's good. I'm glad that it's <laughs> you, that it's not just in a normal pedal yeah. housing like so many brands are sort of want to do when they put out buffers. Yeah, it's very convenient, easy to mount on the underside of your pedal board. I'm into it. It's cool. Yeah, I think um, if you're listening to this and you're from a manufacturer at all, I think I said it last week, but there's not much going in the, on in the accessory category this year. So if you've got something interesting, and you know, guitar picks we can nerd out about guitar picks but if you've got a new guitar pick it's probably not gonna you know make it into the considerations but things like what about a fidget spin guitar what pick? are you talking no, about no no that is you in a thing that is totally you in a thing a fidget spinner guitar pick yeah. is basically joe branton that's cool man yeah fad oh so do you know what else uh happened this week gone i got my hands on a real 1952 Les Paul and how was that he couldn't play because it was left handed it was left handed <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah we, we took one in as a part exchange wow Gak. well no not a part exchange sorry a, a buy in just a straight buy in at, at Gak and um, yeah the the uh, stores manager had to drive to Bristol to pick it up wow but brought it back and showed us and yeah, it looks incredible. It's incredible condition. What I'm curious about is, I know you couldn't play it, so you can't really judge the feel mm. properly. But having held it and stuff, how do how does it compare to like relics that you'd see that are made now? You know, it, do they get anywhere close to what this actual 52 feels like? Not play feels like, but the yeah the finish and stuff. Right. So this was this was an interesting uh, point of conversation, and and uh, we, we all disagreed on it. Actually, a lot of well, a few people were like, oh, this is where it really shows how Gibson can't do a good relic and Fender really nail the relic. Mm. Um, just the way the Nitro had worn. Um, and I kind of thought, well, 
No, I think Gibson do get it, but I think Gibson got it on the true historics. Because yeah. that's what this looks like. The way the paint was greening on the corners, the way the nitro had shrunk away from the edges on the top where it was bound and the just the nature of the checking. Um, I thought it looked like... a And, and the thing was, it actually, we, we had a Paul who's left-handed uh, played it and he was like, this is great. Like, you expect it to be a bit of a dog. But because um, it, it looks like, a bit odd, yeah. Well, it's because it's it's a, very a very old. very old. But it was it was great. Like it had benefited from a good setup. They'd changed the bridge on it, right? Uh, the original bridge was included, but of course there weren't compensated saddles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the original, so that you know everything was no one played past the fifth fret then, so it didn't matter. Yeah. But um, yeah, so the bridge had been changed to something compensated. It was set up very well and it played very nicely and he was like oh it's it's surprising because you expect to have to fight it a little bit so it kind of felt like a true historic yeah because it played well and looked great oh, i'm gonna have to go and see so that it looks it's so the, good honestly is it in it the was, store um is it on display somewhere i don't know if it's actually on display even okay i think it might be an appointment only thing because of the price tag but i'm mm. not sure I, don't quote me on that do you know what it's selling for what would a left-handed <laughs> 52 go for uh, so bear in mind they only made three. Yeah, yeah, that's nineteen fifty well, or four. Sorry, it was four. They made I don't, four, but I don't think they made because I was talking to and they made um, none the next year. I was talking to Alex, the store manager, about this. Uh, my understanding is it, it it wasn't that they made four. I think they made four left-handed guitars between nineteen fifty-two and nineteen fifty-eight, and then another four. Between 1958 and 1960. Really? That's my understanding. I could okay. be wrong. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm not I'm sure. sure. Maybe it's an urban myth, but I'm sure there was only There's... four left-handed guitars made between the years of 58 and 60. Right. I think in... I can't remember which year it is, but 58 or 59, there are like three left-handed Les Pauls and Paul McCartney owns two of them. Yeah. And the other one, I think, is owned by John McEnroe, the tennis player. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah no I think there's yeah, something yeah, yeah. I would need to go back because we did a video on it ages ago I'd need to go back and look at the specifics but it's something like that but yeah it wouldn't surprise me if there's I, hardly I, any yeah. I think there's more than you think because if there were four across four years I think it would be or six years or however many yeah, said, eight years. then it would be more yeah that many it, it would it would cost more than it does yeah yeah maybe so, so what's the price tag I can't remember but it's less than you think 20 grand I th- I, 50 grand? No, I think it's less than 20. Like, I think, I think, it, I don't know. I can't remember. But I think they said it was going to be like 16 or 14 or something like okay. that. Okay. Is it up like, on the website yet? I doubt it. Okay. I, I, I doubt it. It's just come in and they're sort of sorting it out. And I think the left-handed players are trying to work out how they can club together and buy it and timeshare on that. I, I think someone like a, um, a, a left-handed, you know, repeat purchaser had, okay. uh, had been notified about it. Right. So I think we're waiting to see if he wants to buy it before it actually Interesting. Oh, I'm going to have to go into the store and see if they've got it and yeah. see if I can just have a look. It, it was incredible. Like, part of the deal of us of us having it there is that Alex has to supervise right. um, it at all times when okay. it's, when it's uh, you know, out and about. So, nice. Um, but nice. yeah, what well, an incredible... That's something I will absolutely never get to see again yeah and I, I thought that was a, a really i think it was such a shame that i couldn't play it you know because it was left-handed yeah but um it looked amazing it looked like everything you ever wanted uh 1952 that's pulled to look like it's uh, american listeners you might be kind of blown away by how enthusiastic we are about this because i think when you you know you go over to the states and you listen to american podcasts and stuff actually this stuff is not lefties, but old Les Pauls and stuff, you know, 50s and 60s, Gibson and Fender guitars. It's not that rare. No, to, they're way to more f- obtainable. Totally. You know, you can see them in the store, and not just even price-wise more obtainable, but there's just literally, you could walk into a guitar shop and see something like that. Yeah. In the UK, that is just not the case, you know. Guitar shops don't have old guitars of that kind of no. magnitude. Um, and when stuff does come in, it is a bit of an event. Like, I've talked about it before, when we had a 54 Les Paul Jr., um, in GAC about probably 10 years ago something like that you know it was in a case on its own like surrounded by kind of uplighters and it was like wow an actual 50s guitar because yeah. you just don't see them they- well I mean I think it's you know it's worth remembering that there's that big that big story that um, Hank Marvin was the first person to own <clears throat> a Fender in the UK because Cliff Richard brought him a 956 Strat back from uh, from a tour that he did, and you know that means that for five years, well, you know, depending on 
when you class the first Fender coming out, that for the first few years, none came in to this country whatsoever. There was, uh, again, further on from that story, I was reading about, uh, I've been doing some research on the Beatles guitars, not that I need to do a huge amount, but for this video Ow. that we're doing, oh, hello there, <laughs> um, on this video that we're doing, um, I had to research some of the stuff, and I was reading about George Harrison and why he ended up with the guitars that he did. And obviously, you know, in the mid-60s, they bought some Strats, um, and it was... him being interviewed about his kind of love of strats and he was saying that when they first you know got started and they first started making some money he went to a music store and saw a strat and uh, and was like this is after when they were starting to move away from the kind of um futurama guitars and stuff like that that they had um he went to a music store saw a fender strat played it for a bit and then said oh yeah i'll come back in a week and get it and then when he came back, it was gone. And he's like, and then I didn't see a Fender Strat for like two years after that. I mean, can you even imagine that now? Like, That's it, mad. There was one, and then it was gone, and then he didn't see it for like two years or something. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, it just sounds absolutely <laughs> bizarre now. So, yeah, it kind of really speaks to the amount of guitars that actually came over here that even George Harrison from the Beatles couldn't get his hands on a Strat. And in fact, the two that they did buy, um, interesting fact about this, they um, Brian Epstein offered to pay for the strats if they could find a matching pair obviously he's very image conscious and around 65 when they got the strats there was still kind of ideas of them doing a lot more touring and stuff so he was saying well if you're going to get strats and move away from you've got what you've got now they need to be a matching pair and if you get a matching pair i'll pay for them um, for, uh, for, okay right for the two of them right for the okay. two Sorry, strats yeah, yeah. yeah um he said as your manager i'll right. pay for them if Sorry, you, yeah. if you can get a matching pair of strats and so Mal Evans, who was the roadie, the Beatles roadie throughout their career, was tasked with going to find two matching strats and couldn't find any up north, couldn't find any in London. So he actually goes to like, it's somewhere completely random, like Milton Keynes or something. He has to go to find a shop that's got, two, that has even the possibility of getting two strats in the same colour. And even then, they're not new strats. They're 61 strats bought in 1965. <laughs> Um, yeah, again, it, you know, it really speaks to that kind of scarcity. So, yeah, a really cool thing to see, something actually old and actually interesting. Amazing. Yeah. I'm looking forward to uh, to your YouTube video that will include all your Beatles oh, it's, it's a Beatles-arama. It's Beatlemania. Um, that's coming out this week at some point, but we'll talk about that at, um, another time. Um, firstly, uh, some good news for fans of the Guitar Nerds podcast. Brand new merch. Talking of, oh, okay, go on. What were you going to say? No, no, no. I was going to do a great link, but I've, I've ruined it. Go on, you carry okay. on. Uh, and then I'll do some... And then I'll... No, no, it's, it's gone. Don't worry. You've really ruined the link. I've really ruined everything. You've really ruined it. Yeah, oh. yeah. Um, oh. So, uh, brand new merch. Joe Branson, you arranged this. There's new t-shirts up on the site. Uh, do you want to give people a little rundown of what they can uh, what they can pick up? Yes! There's a new Guitar Nerds official merchandise shop now on the internet, including... <laughs> Good, good one. Yeah, it's fine. It, there's loads of loads of new T-shirt designs, and actually more being added. We're having baseball shirts. We're having tote bags. It's going to be hoodies. There's mugs. badges, stickers. We're not doing mugs. Come on, leave them alone. We're not doing the shipping. We can do mugs. Oh yeah, we. Oh, I guess so. We could do mugs. Anyway, there's loads of uh, loads of quality designs uh, to choose from, including sort of old favourites and new ones. It's going to be great. We included your stupid Bullet Club reference yes. one. That, I don't really understand. I tried to For Google life. it and then just got bored. Um, there's a Ramones one that I love, Mark, the idea you got you... very annoyed at because we had two words saying guitar nerds. G- Ramones shirts, Ramones parody shirts never have two words at the well, top. It I've... should just say nerds. They that never have make two words. Any... Sense. Also, the idea, of, any sense the idea of you us. sitting in an office googling um, Bullet Club and then getting completely confused about what the Bullet Club is makes me that's <laughs> hilarious. Um, yeah, and there's some South Park stuff. But uh, they're yeah. not South Park; they're just caricatures. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's the characters of South Park. Yeah, but look, it's us as little South Park characters. Matty's even wearing his his little Boss 40th Anniversary T-shirt. He is. <laughs> I mean, it's lovingly done. Whether people still care about South Park, I don't know. But that, those shirts it's, are, uh, are up there. It's just it's lovely. Anyway, and you can also get a, a swaggy Branton Ranton t-shirt. No so one wants that. 
Everyone wants I'm gonna that. Put that as, I'm going to put money down to say know, that the Branton Ranton shirt is going to be the lowest seller. have access I, to the I same analytics that I do, Mark Packham, and you are fully aware that it's the most downloaded podcast we've ever done. That's so. absolutely not true. Um, yeah, actually, <laughs> to, to be honest, Jay, I agree with you. Unfortunately, it it's, won't, it be, won't there. be true. Um, and also, the Bope shirt is up there, which... The, uh, the Bope shirt is yeah. there. Bope is... Uh, Bo Banton actually messaged me after we launched this shot. Really? Yeah, he messaged me, and it just said, Bope? Question mark. <laughs> And I was like, yeah. And then he just said it again, but with an exclamation and a question mark. I don't know if he's happy about it. It's a strange life you lead. Um, One last sad bit of news, unfortunately, this week. Um, Malcolm Young passed away. Uh, Guitarist, uh, rhythm guitarist, and kind of backbone of ACDC. All the big hits. To be honest, I don't think any of us on the podcast are huge ACDC fans don't about you Jay I think no, I, I, I respect really. that band as being like an incredible live act who are absolutely unrelenting I think they managed to get away with like they're so ridiculous but they've always managed to I guess not have the uh, the the sort of being a bit crap that went with bands like Guns N' Roses yeah. like they were just unabashedly pure rock and roll and yeah. they just kept yeah. they kept going um, unfortunately, my uh, any interest that I could have had in ACDC was soured, and I think if anybody else, <clears throat> if anyone listens to this podcast who has ever worked in a guitar shop, will know that there are some songs that just are yeah, exactly that, or just dun 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 and um, so there are some there are some bands that are just completely just tainted but I tell you what recently after now it's been now like two years since I worked in a guitar shop and um, you've really been getting into Muse well no no absolutely not I'm not Joe Branton um, I um, but yeah an ACDC song came on the radio the other week and I was like you know what this is great I've got a big love for any band who's gone with their first album. They've basically worked out their sound and then they've done another 50 years or whatever it is, 40 <laughs> years of the same album. Yeah. Like, I love that stuff. Like, you of know, course you do. You're into punk rock. Exactly. Like, well, every yeah. single band look has at worked the, out one riff. Look and... at the Ramones, you know. They just kept cranking out basically the same stuff. Look at bands like... I don't know. Going down that metal route, like look at someone like Anvil. You know, they're still just churning out the same stuff. Motorhead, um, and if you find that niche, and if people are into that first album, you've kind of got them. Do you know completely, what I mean? Completely, completely. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. I, I, I can't remember how it came up, but we were talking about um, we were talking about Entombed at work um, recently. Is that a band? Entombed are a Swedish metal band, right? And they they formed in 1987 and are still going. They've done like nine records. Yeah, it, it, it you know it's not the original lineup, but it's not far off the original lineup. They just keep keep going, and all, all of those bands a lot. I think it's popular in, uh, I mean, Scandinavian Nordic metal is they're just powerhouses. They're just like right. This is what we want to do. This is what we're going to carry on doing. Thanks very much. Because there's nothing else to do. Basically, well, it's no, so but, cold. But, but yeah, I just I know what you mean with regards to bands holding on to Chaz and Dave. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, the, old, the ultimate churners. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> coming, uh, coming back to Malcolm Young, he did play some great guitars. Oh, 100%. Um, a Gretsch man, Malcolm Young. Okay. Uh, actually, Gretsch did a signature model for him, like a custom shop, where they included... Because you know he's got that three-pickup jet where he's taken out the neck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Middle pickup. They did that. They did it as a custom shop, which mm. includes the empty holes and drill holes. Um, I love that. Yeah. It's great. And so you've just got the one like TV Jones in the bridge um, and it's all sort of rusty and, and heavily aged. But it was a very cool looking guitar. Yeah. Very, very cool looking guitar. One of my uh, favourite punk bands, bands ever, Chicks Dig It, who do, as we've just described, they've been going since I think maybe the late 80s and they just churn out the same stuff. Yeah. Their front man has got a Malcolm Young model because he's oh, like, really? all I need is I've got a sparkly guitar and it, it, it's not that one. It's like a previous Malcolm Young signature where it's sparkly, just the uh, TV Jones in the bridge, and that's all you need. It's got like a volume control on it. And he's like, yeah, that is all you need. And uh, <laughs> you've got to respect that, I think. 
you yeah. got to respect that. Um, so, yeah, not a huge amount to say that hasn't been said already, I guess. If you want to see a full obituary, there's plenty of stuff online, plenty of info. But, yeah, just wanted to um, bring it up and give us a little uh, guitar nerd salute. Yeah. What I um, This seems even more inappropriate now, but what I was going to say before was I was going to say, you know, we were talking about guitars that weren't previously available in the UK. Yeah. They were only available in the US. One last bit of news is that guitar nerds had previously only been available in the UK, as in us four, are now going to be in the US because we all booked our flights to NAMM. We week. did. We did. Let's end the news on the, these the intro section on a happy note we have indeed booked our that flights. was a really tenuous link no, and the more fine. I think it's about fine. it no, the no, more embarrassed fine. I am no, 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 it was it's good, good. It's good. You, you, okay, you're trying you're earning your money okay um, thanks talking about, earn, talking about earning your money um, if you have contributed uh, to the Patreon uh, patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds obliged to say that um, we, by who? by me oh, okay. um, we have uh, now used that money to purchase some flights to NAM. so if you're going to be there we are also going to be there Joe and Matt are going to be there quite early hanging yep. around LA yep. causing all sorts of mischief yep. I will going, be there in body only going to parties and stuff um, so if you're going to be out there early if you're from a brand or if you're over there covering the event Joe and Matt will be there um, Jay you're going to be doing fendery stuff most- I'm, I'm working yeah you're yeah. the only one doing any real work. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And um, and I'll be there from Wednesday. So if you want to, uh, if you listen to this and you want to hang out, then just drop us a message. You know, get on the Facebook group. And- we're we're going to this do on Tuesday night. And the more I think about it, the more I think that's the stupidest time for any company to arrange a do. Why? Because it's the day before it all kicks off. No, the show no, starts on Thursday. Oh, what happens on the Wednesday? I arrive, and then the real party begins, oh, right. baby. There is a thing. Oh, well, secret thing. On the Wednesday. It's yeah. fine. We'll talk about it later. Um, with that, we you should leak information <laughs> into a whole big swimming pool sized. No, 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 News, news, news. Pew, pew. <laughs> I'm trying to mix it up. Excuse me? Was that okay? No. That was- uh, no, I like that. I okay, like, yeah, uh, it was good. fine. I thought he was going to go... go for news. I thought he was doing it Axel Rose style, like... News? News? Oh, this is terrible radio. First up, a load of brand new stuff from our good old mates... J-Cross. Yeah, from the House of J-Cross, also known as Fender Musical Instruments Corporation. Yeah. Some new stuff. Some new stuff. So, first on the list is a guitar that <clears throat> I don't think anybody saw coming came to a great surprise <laughs> <laughs> to everyone how your embargoes work mate well, uh, there was uh, I mean who who could possibly have imagined six months ago we'd be talking about this guitar now fantastic who'd have thought it Ed O'Brien has got his own strat <laughs> the this the, is the, the weirdest group. embargo of all time. Mate, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I only found out about it when it was announced <laughs> last week. Um, yeah. yeah, Ed O'Brien Strat. Tell us about it. Mexican made. Yep. Um, you've got a, uh, a Staniac built into not the guitar. Not a Staniac, a sorry, Sustainer. Sorry, not a Staniac. A <laughs> Fernandez Sustainer. Sorry, yeah, I should, uh, I should definitely get that right. A Fernandez Sustainer is in the... Um, what's the, uh, in the, what's the difference? Two uh, different brands. Susta- yeah. Sustain- oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Sustain is the original. Right. By Fernandez. Yeah. And uh, who's Sustainiac? Is that Seymour Duncan? Demarcio? So Sustainiac, Staniac on the floor. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. holding yeah. notes like it's never done before. Anyway, the sustainer is actually in like a single pickup sizing yep. rather than rather than the humbucker, which is the sustainiac. So. Oh, really? Yes. Ah, okay, fine. I, I um, thought they were one and the same. No. Um, but yeah, uh, sustainer in the neck. What is it? JB in the bridge? Yeah, a Seymour Duncan JB Junior. So which is cool. Single coil size humbucker in the uh, in the in the bridge and Texas um, special in the middle. Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> I think so. I wonder if there was only someone from Fender who we could ask. <laughs> Listen, it's not my job. That's I a just, great pickup selection. Yeah, it is. It's very cool. And you can turn the sustainer off. Yep. You don't not, have to have it yeah, on constantly. But, yeah, but not only can you, you can turn it on and off, this, uh, the sustainer works 
um, in in three ways. You can have it find because uh, uh, two ways. It, uh, well, three because one's a blend. Oh yeah, okay, a, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. So, listeners, if you don't know what the sustainer is, it's kind of an Ebo pickup <laughs> in your guitar. I'm sure everyone knows what it it's is. It's like an Ebo in reverse, so it points out from yeah. the guitar body, but it's built into the pickup. So, exactly. and so, if you don't know what an Ebo is, basically it's a magnet. Well, it's a device d- designed to create a magnetic field. To vibrate the strings, so your guitar notes will sustain for long periods of time, which well, uh, indefinitely, exactly, which will allow you to kind of use it in more of a, a soundscapey, synthy way, like Ed O'Brien himself uses, but also allows you to play one-handed um, if you know if if you need to for any reason. And uh, the uh, the sustainer pickup works in three different ways because it can either uh, it can either find and sustain the notes so the fundamental uh, natural harmonic yeah the the harmonic or um, you can blend between both and I think when you're hang on you've missed it you, the natural harmonic the octave, octave harmonic, yeah. harmonic and a blend and of a blend both, of both. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly or a blend of both which you can control with the last tone control on the strap um, so yeah that's that's super cool I found it incredibly like usable for for players with like big pedal boards like post rock guys soundscapists i think this is an it's such a perfect tool but i think people need to remember that that this guitar that is what it's for it's a very specific tool and it's more a tool than a guitar if that makes sense like it's it's there to be used in conjunction with loads of other stuff yeah they're um they're really good fun sustainers like it's to me it's the sort of thing i would normally hate um but and I, I really don't like using Ebos. I find them incredibly difficult to use. They're, they're hard to use. And hard to get they're, right. They're quite a lot of... I, mean, I want to say they're quite a lot of money for what they are, but they're probably, what, 100 quid these yeah, days? Yeah. yeah. Um, and you're only going to use it for one song or something, aren't you? Whereas with the sustainer, you just flick a switch and yeah. it's on and it's just working straight away. You don't have to relearn your technique. You don't have to put your guitar pick down and use the Ebo. You can play exactly how you normally play. But you've got this incredible sustaining thing when you hold a note um, yeah. and play over the neck pickup. It, they're really, really good fun. The I always remember the Jackson PC1 Phil Colon uh, signature. It's not his name. Yeah, it's Phil, Phil Col- Colon. Phil Colon. Um, uh, he his guitars have one in, and uh, despite them being hideous looking, um, they were really, really good fun to play because they not only had the sustainer, but they also had a Floyd, so you could hold a note and then go, woo. That's pretty cool. Yeah, um, yeah one came back. I remember <clears throat> one came back. There was an issue with it, and one came back. Someone opened the case and looked at it, probably. <laughs> one came back uh, when we were working in the shop together, Mark and I, and we spent, I, I seem to remember us spending maybe half a day just, like, going through it and trying to figure out what was wrong with it, and we we managed to get it all sorted and everything, and then we just spent the rest of the day just playing around with doing it. that, just kind of... <laughs> Amazing. Very fun. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. So, um, what else is new from Fender? Well, cool, cool neck on the um, on the Ed O'Brien as well, worth mentioning because I think he's sort of got a little bit of flack in some rotting corners of the internet for being a Mexican, uh, you know, strap for nine hundred quid. But it's I, I mean, how I, much is a standard Mexican strap? <laughs> it's probably about nine hundred quid, isn't it? Welcome to inflation. But it, it, I thought the well, what's the neck profile? It's on a, it? like a, a V 
a, a yeah, strong, like a super a deep strong V. v. Is it? So yeah. not it's great. Z. So it feels no. like it's like a big telly neck on, yeah, a, on okay. a strat. It's cool. So it feels super comfy and super like high end. Going back to the price, Matt, you did the uh, did the maths, and actually, if you just get a Mexican standard strat and all of the parts that are included, you come to way more than nine hundred quid. So in fact, you're not really paying anything for the name, which is what people were saying. Yeah. Um, I think buying all the stuff individually yeah. and then time to fit it and stuff actually you'd end up spending way more money so yeah. it makes total sense to me and obviously you're getting the kind of real deal Edda Brian Strat with this neck profile as well so um, yeah the, the, the price I think is a bit of a misnomer if you're upset about that but I'm staying out of that conversation because okay. you know it's probably not probably not my place to say. Good, good. And what else? What is your place to say? Is what else? Offender have released uh, um, today. So today, actually, if you're listening today, as in Tuesday, Tuesday the twenty first. Technically, yeah. you're breaking an embargo right now. No, I'm not because this doesn't go to press until tomorrow, I which is physically fine. Physically, in the time that we are now. I guess as long as you two don't say anything and you've you've signed your NDAs, right? Oh, yeah, sure. I put, I right? always sign my. I'm going to tweet it right now. Um, the uh, again something that people uh, I said sorry did I say again I didn't mean again this hasn't happened before this was something that uh, there were some photos that appeared at Summer Nam of this very cool looking um, retro vintage e uh, Mustang base and I, I like was, how you're, you're dressing it up as in it didn't have a name tag on it saying exactly what it was yes it did yeah you're right the Justin Meldell Johnson everyone's favourite Justin Meldell Johnson is it Meldell or is it Mendel well, Meldell Mel, no you're Mel thinking Del. of Nate Mendell from Sunny Day Real Estate it's Nate, Justin Meldell Johnson it's, everyone knows who Justin Meldell Johnson is he's exactly the sort of person Fender should be giving signature models to yeah. everyone's favourite bass player Hugely he's in famous. Beck He's, he uh, produced the last Paramore album. Did he? I mean, that's yeah. not a thing. Yeah. No, he's good. He's a good dude. He's played in a lot of cool bands. Oh, fine. He's I'm, not. I mean, haven't you just but got a signature bass? Base. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is You're a great literally base. nobody. And, and I, think that, I think that people will be buying it more because it's a, a very cool bass rather than it's, uh, you know, a signature model by Jean-Michel Jarre. Well, it's... So. <laughs> It's <laughs> Jam Master it's actually, J. <laughs> Jam Master J. Yeah. Well, for one of the reasons that I think it's going to sell really well is it's actually going to be the only Mustang base that's um, that's a, a real Mustang base that's that's kind of in production because all the current Mustangs now have PJ pickups. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So this is this has got the original old um, sort of uh, split, split single, single coil. coil. Yeah. Um, so great comes in an incredible color. What's the color? Uh, is Daphne Blue? It is Daphne, is it? Right. Worth it is mentioning, it's, so it's Roadworn. It's so road-worn it's basically well. similar idea to the Roadworn 50s and 60s stuff mm-hmm. that they've done already um, in that it's got some you know light relicking on it. Um, yeah. And yeah, it looks neat, I think. Great. Brass looks- saddles... Like Rose strung Burnett. through, yeah. Well, Mustang, yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, I think it's absolutely brilliant. It looks, they look great. I've not, scratch. I've not seen one IRL yet. Um, I'd really means, like to. I'm, I'm going to be. Life. It's going to be tough not to buy one of these. I this think, is right up your street. Oh, absolutely. I really want it. I saw what will you use it for? What do you mean? We well, can't use it for gigging, obviously. Uh, it. I'll, fi- I'll find something. I'd something, love something. it. I'd absolutely love it if in your contract for that base that you've got. It said in the contract somewhere, you will never buy another gigging base again. That would be <laughs> fantastic. Stonefield Incorporated. Um, so two more uh, things that I can announce. Wait, is it, is it four? Four things Yeah, total. two. Is it? Two okay, more. Two more. Um, I mean, they're kind of the same. Okay. Kind of. Um, one is red, one is blue. No, no, they're both purple sparkle. Okay. Um, Adam Clayton. Adam Clayton has got a couple of new, um, couple of new bases from and the band U2. From the U2s, okay. um, he has got a jazz bass and a P bass, right? Both of which are in purple sparkle, matching headstock. Both of which have matching head caps. Nice. Block inlays. I don't think there's. Before we talk about the inlays, I, I don't think that there's any. I can't think of any other P bass that's got a matching head cap. What? That's in production. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's none. There's custom shop stuff, obviously, but yeah, but even that, I don't. It's much rarer for a PBS. It's not really a PBS thing I, is because it? I was talking about. I was thinking about specking up my own custom shop PBS, and no, I mentioned. Would you go matching headstock? I was talking about matching headstock. Pink sparkle, not, you. not pink sparkle. Pink shell pink. Oh, nice. And uh, the a couple of people at work were like, "You can't do that. That's really? not. That's not vintage." 
Oh really? I, like, yeah. oh. I mean, it's not. Yeah, it's not true vintage, but no, no, no. it looks nice. It does look nice. I think we've had. I think we had like a black P base with a torque guard with a matching headstock. Custom shop. Yeah, I mean, it would be a custom shop. Yeah, though, yeah, yeah, but 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 absolutely, it's not. It's not vintage correct no but anyway these bases so yes purple sparkle matching head cap block abalone inlays oh that is a bit weird (laughs) yeah they they sort of ruined it for me um and uh and yeah it's gold hardware it's not gold hardware no (laughs) that would just finish it off (laughs) but it is a um fender warwick it's a gloss urethane so it's not nitro presumably because if you've got this purple sparkle you probably don't want it um is they're not, are they, they're not custom shop are they no they're not custom shop no, so i don't so. think but isn't all the so. top end stuff is, is poly, poly anyway now, anyway so yeah the, that kind of the only sense. nitro stuff from fender is custom shop now oh no wait uh no. american vintage yeah hmm. right okay well it kind of makes sense you know that's you know if it's part of that top end range of fender stuff you know yeah. if it's like professional level yeah um then it kind of makes sense so um Interesting. And, uh, and yeah, just uh, on the pickups, the uh, the jazz bases, um, sixties custom shop, sixties pickups, and the uh, P base. Then the P base is a uh, uh, again a custom shop, sixties P base pickup. He's absolutely just phoned up his mates, the Edge and uh, Bono, and gone. I was about to do the accent. Oh, no. then. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> wait, um, wait, no, you can do no, it. I'm not going to do it. I'm no, not no, going to no, do no. it. I can do it for you. No, don't do it. I mean, you look a bit. You, you're sort of dressed a bit like the Edge today. You have got the Hello Edge. Hello there, boys. Hello there. Stop doing that. Can you make me a bass? Can you make me a bass in sparkled purple? I want a bass in sparkled purple, please. The Edge. Okay. That was actually better than I was expecting. It was less offensive than I thought it was going to be. You've really got a bit of the edge vibe going on. Yeah, you really you've, got, you've got the facial hair and you're wearing a beanie. Yeah. You it. too will not be associated with sparkled purple. That's what he would have said. I wonder where... I honestly was very worried about the where that was going then. Anyway, let's move away from this I think we should. caricature for a sec. Uh, yeah. Four, four instruments from Fender. Is what he can I tell um, you? is he the only artist to concurrently have a signature with Fender and Warwick? Uh, I don't know. What, I don't know what you're talking about. He's only got a signature with uh, with Fender. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's the only artist with a Fen- with a Fender signature. Whew. Let's move on, shall we? P45 bass. What should we? <laughs> what? Um, what should we move on to? Um, let's talk about um, some new stuff from PRS. Joe Branton, have you got the details? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll come back to that. Jay Cross, tell us um, about something super cool, the uh, Rock and Roll Relics jet model. <laughs> that was so good, the panic that went through Joe's well, because, face. Because we started this and went, yeah, we'll probably cut that one out. Right, no, uh, we've got to oh, love great. the PRS. Tell us about the Rock and Roll Relics jet model. Rock and Roll Relics, what can I tell you? Some great guitars made by some great geezers, played by some great fellas. I was looking at their um, artist list, actually, and they've got plenty of famous people playing so, them now. I mean, they, they sort of came to our attention when Billy Joe Armstrong started playing that... Um, the Stars and Stripes, the, Les Paul. Uh, yeah, that, accustomed, that, that, that guitar that has quite an accustomed taste. I would say. No, I think it looks quite cool. Did I'm you? Into it. Yeah. Mm, okay. Cool. Well, uh, that proves my point. But um, yes, so they are—they've um, got a lot of models. I didn't realise quite how many, uh, quite how many models there are. But um, the Jet series is new, and by the looks of things, it's essentially a melody maker. Yeah. <laughs> they um, look exactly like the new Epiphone SLs. They do kind I of look like the I found out about SL, this yeah. the same day that the SLs landed in store, and I was like, wow, those are two very different price tags. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Two guitars well, absolutely. The, the Epiphone SL coming in at what? 87, 80 89 quid? Yeah, yeah, something like that. 89 yeah. quid? Ridiculous. Um, I, I was having a look at you, and you're all sold out, aren't you? Already? Uh, Probably the day that they came in, I think. I think out of everything that came in, there were only two, like two, like one in one color, one in another that that stuck around. And I think right. they probably sold later right. that day. Like so, absolutely but, all all the cool colors were, were not gone. just sold, but like oversold. Huge like, yeah. So the Jet model, yeah. I, I'm assuming. Obviously, they're based on Melody Makers. I'm assuming they get the Jet name from Joan Jet because obviously known to play. Um, yeah, in, I, I mean, I guess so. Um, know, in, and in, the, in her actual career, played the single cut, and then obviously the signature model that she had was with Gibson was double cut. And, and they look very much like that. Absolutely, and the um, the double cut 
uh, so well to take it back a sec both these guitars um, single cut and double cut humbucker in the bridge single coil in the neck yeah um, open coil so they've got that real melody maker vibe to them thin headstock um, but they are um, super high quality materials so mahogany body mahogany neck rosewood fingerboard um, you've got a tone pro wraparound bridge which is really nice um, Cluson vintage lock, uh, vintage style tuners. Um, you've got Russian military caps in there. I don't really know. They're Lola means, pickups but, as well. Uh, well, you've got they come standard with Lola, or you can have uh, you can choose something else. That's pretty cool. Um, but they do they look fan mate, bloody tastic, and they're coming in just over two thousand dollars. They are coming over just two thousand dollars, which part of me is the problem with that is. That's the price of everything now, and no, it isn't eighty nine quid. Well, yeah, okay, but any, <laughs> but pretty much anything like this yeah. is it's always two grand. Yeah, yeah. and I I really feel like they are. I think that they're likely to come in, come a cropper because if you look at this and then you look at, for example, um, the Heartbreaker model of theirs. Um, actually, the heart—that's a bad example because that's like twice the price. So okay, but my what I was gonna say is that the the jets are—they're about two grand, and they're designed to look like a guitar that was five hundred quid. Sure, and, yeah, and kind of I think yeah. that there's gonna be a lot of, and you know, absolutely, these are gonna be built to a higher spec. But I think a lot of people will struggle. Yeah to compute whether that is worth that much yeah, money agreed. when the, there's I other things feel, for two were, grand. If these were like £1,600, I'd be like, absolutely. I, I agree. Is well, it, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, what is 2-1 at the moment? What I think what the market that they're going for is not the market of someone who will go and buy a 500 quid melody maker now no, or, you know, true. recently. What they're after is, you know, people who... For example, you know, like old punk rock, and you know they do a lot of Johnny Thunder's stuff, um, and obviously Billy Armstrong is playing them. The idea is you're buying a guitar that looks like a classic yeah. melody maker, you know, like the one Joan Jett used, like plenty of the punk guys used, <laughs> um, but it's obviously all very, very high quality stuff. Yeah, um, and it kind of incredible you know, finishes, all handmade, the built in states. Um, if you've ever seen one, I don't know if you guys have ever seen one. In I've real not life, seen one. IRL. They will probably be at NAMM, so we should go and check them out. I've yeah. played one before, and the quality is fantastic. Wonderful, like light relicking. It's not even relicking. It's just like making look just aging yeah, yeah. yeah sort of slight it's not even like checking or anything it's just sort of uh, they just do a fantastic job of, of making guitars that look like a lot of money but I agree in this case it's kind of when you don't have like when the necks aren't bound when it's dot inlays those are sort of the things that which, which, were originally introduced to make stuff affordable which is now going on these guitars to yeah make them vintage correct and therefore they're expensive it's sort of done a 180 of what the purpose the, like the workmanship purpose sure. of bound necks and blocks to dots. Yeah, I, I just think that they're, you know, if you're after that super cool factor, you don't get a guitar much cooler than Rock and Roll Relics these days. They, they look yeah, so good. Completely agree. Definitely. Completely agree. Let's talk about a brand new pedal from our friends over at Wampler oh, Pedals. yes. So, uh, Wampler have um, have released the uh, Tumnus Deluxe. The Tumnus. Yes, Tumnus. exactly. So, um, so, a, a a deluxe version of the incredibly popular uh, Tumnus. Tumnus. Are you going to do that every time? Yeah, okay, 100%. Fine. Okay, so there are some super cool additions. So uh, now it's a it's a normal size pedal, so normal sort of Wampler uh, chassis. And they've, they've got the addition of uh, an active bass and mids control on there. So they still have the classic treble control, which isn't active on there, um, but an active uh, bass and mids and they still have the level and gain and you've got like a normal and a hot sort of uh, gain shifter as well but on account of those sort of active bass and mids and sort of in line with the versatility of the original and the added control you get from this this pedal can be anything from like um, a make gooder right up to you know sort of a, a big amp drive pedal it's kind of a a bit of a swiss army knife of tones and i think for actual tone shaping and what you can do with it probably one of the most versatile things on the market i think this will fast hit legendary status i would be surprised if this doesn't get quite high up in our 
gear of the year. And we for... need to we need to try one. Yes, yes, we do. We do need to get hold of one, but that that should be easy enough. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I think if this is anything like the Tumnus, which of course it will be, then it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> then you would hope so. Then it's going to be an absolutely cracking drive pedal. I, I, th- I think this will be the one. I think this is the drive pedal of this year. Like you know, every every year has a new clone clone, and the the Tumnus Deluxe is absolutely this year's. I'm excited about it. Well, you know, we kind of went past transparent overdrives, but um, Wampler are kind of bringing it back, and the, the Tumnus has got very, very good reviews. Um, it'd be interesting to um, to put this up because obviously, you know, it's going to be slightly more money, and it'll take up a bit more pedalboard space. So we need to factor that in when we're thinking about potential gear of the year. Yeah, it's still super affordable for what it is. Sure, two hundred dollars is RRP on this. So I mean, I do, you know, I don't think that's. That's, that's that's the price of a boss pedal these days. Like, no, uh, it isn't. It absolutely is not two hundred dollars. Yeah, but a boss pedal is like one hundred and sixty quid. So some of them are, a, get a up towards one. That. Yeah, exactly. Who, there we go. Oh, who doesn't buy Wazacraft? Oh, come on. Everyone buys. You got to be loving now. a standard OD one at like thirty nine pounds yeah. or whatever they are. Yeah, um, whatever. So yeah, no, I think it'll do very well. I want. I really want to hear one. Um, I, oh, and it has a it has a little buffer true bypass. Um, that's what we like. Uh, switch so you could put it to true and then use a Tate FX buffer. <laughs> I was just thinking exactly the same thing. <laughs> just a little shout out for a podcast listener, Stuart Tate. There. Um, let's talk about one last bit of news. Muse? Oh, no, let's not talk no. about one bit of Muse. One no. bit of Muse. This is right up Joe Branton Street. Um, oh, Ibanez. Muse? Yes! Um, Ibanez have announced the Thundercat signature TCB 1006 six string bass guitar. It was only a matter of time. Tell us, um, who is Thundercat for the uninitiated? Okay, so Thundercat is uh, this like crazy sort of hip-hop jazz bass player who um, who has been uh, backing up like big hip-hop artists for years, but recently um, kind of formed his own, his own project. Before you go into this, can I give you a little bit more info on who Thundercat is? Yes. So I hadn't realised this. I've been he's been someone who I've been intrigued by for a while because a lot of people that I whose music taste I really respect, I see them posting about him all the time. Never got around to checking him out. And um when this came up, I was having a little look at it today. So he played bass on To Pimp a Butterfly, the Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, that LP. was the big that was the sort of thing that made him That made him who that made him known as Thundercat. Yeah. But he 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 played bass in Suicidal Tendencies. Oh yeah, I for knew, like I ten years. Know about that. Really? Wow. Yeah, he's. I, the, he, I mean, Suicidal Tendencies have had a lot of members, but he is the longest-standing bass player. Right. Um, and he was also in, he um he did some stuff with Flying Lotus. His brother, um, one of his brothers played drums in Suicidal Tendencies. The other one of his brothers was in that band, The Internet, which was with some of the people from Odd Future. Wow. His dad played drums for Diana Ross. Cool. Like, proper Muso family. That's the it's, first one yeah, I'd yeah. heard of out of yeah, all those yeah, yeah, I, I <laughs> would expect nothing less from you, Mark. Um, but yeah, just, yeah, nuts. I, I haven't realised just how much he'd sort of been knocking about. You know, he replaced... Well, he didn't directly replace, but he... He filled Rob Trujillo's shoes. Trujillo? After he went off to play in uh, Metallica. Right, there we go. Which is really funny. I always think about uh, Robert Trujillo in uh, that Metallica documentary where he's just auditioned for the band and he's like sat in his bedroom like listening to Metallica before he finds out. You know that that day he must have it must have been pretty good. Yeah, he's, he's got like a Metallica poster on his wall and stuff, and he's just there like, <laughs> yeah, just audition for Metallica, and then he gets the job. It's fantastic. Anyway, so give us the um, give us the rundown on the bass. So this uh, this the bass that he's playing has uh, it turned up. Uh, sort of a little while ago, I think I became aware of him playing it about a year ago, and we were like, "Hold on, that's that's a hollow body, six string, like jazz box, classic Ibanez bass. Yeah. What what is that? So I guess it was only a matter of time until they actually put something out. But it is it's as bonkers as you as you think. Um, so he strings with flat wounds, so it's a flat wounds on a six string. Does it come strong as standard with flat wounds? <laughs> Uh, I don't know if it comes strong with flat rounds. He strings with flat rounds, um, but uh, the the pickup thing is is what I really like. So he's a it's a pair of passive EMGs, of course. Um, really? In there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Weird. Uh, but that's not that's not the best bit. That's just the start of the signal chain on uh, on on this instrument because it then moves on to 
a GraphTech ghost modular pickup system, which is a piezo with a built-in MIDI output. Okay, so that makes sense. Makes yeah, sense. exactly. So, uh, so you can <clears throat> he can send out uh, he, he can send to to MIDI for sort of all weird sort of synth controlling and stuff from from the bass, as well as having that like super. It's like the mix of the two extremes: that like old school hollow upright sound and computer. Well, yeah, like pa- <laughs> passive ma- magnetic pickups and a piezo. It's kind of like your combination if you want that double bassy type yeah. sound, and with, particularly with the flat wounds, I guess. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 completely nuts. Um, I, I mean, I think I'm not really into the finish. This like that sort of yeah. It's like a real like sort of like red to yellow. Sunburst. Yeah, it's like a real it's, tomato soupy burst. But it sounds great, man. It sounds great the way he uses it. it. He actually in Thundercat, his project Thundercat, he actually has a bass player. He basically plays. He basically plays jazz guitar on this, like right. jazz lead lines. Oh, so what? There's a bass player in the band, and as he well. plays that as yeah, well. Okay, yeah, right. Exactly. So. <laughs> Have so, you you've seen him? Haven't you? I've never seen him. No, I'm oh, not really okay. into it. It's not really my thing. Right, like, okay. it's fine. I don't mind it. I just, uh, I can't really stand his sort it's of not, Bee Gees not, style singing. It's I'm not, not really angsty into enough it. for Branton. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just. It's not really my. There are lyrics. No. It's. it's there are vocals. I, no. It's jazz. It's, I just don't like that sort of like. He doesn't um, like anybody else encroaching on that weird time signature you know I mean? <laughs> uh, niche yeah, that the math it. genre holds dear and firm. There is something not sloppy about jazz that I don't like. But anyway, um, it, it's, it's certainly not cheap. It's only going to be sort of Japanese-made custom shop Ibanez. So it is coming out at uh, the whopping price of 6,999 US dollars. That is probably the most expensive Ibanez guitar I've Yeah. I mean, that's 5,300 pounds. That's a lot of money. How much was that, Paul Stanley? The mirrored, shattered mirror one? That was uh, more, Oh, that it? was about four and a half grand. I thought it was, so this, this it was more, more than that. I think that was four and a half grand. So this is more. Yeah, this is more. If, it's a, that is a very. How can less be more? Guitar. More is more. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. It's, this I am. Um, I hate to say it, but if I was paying that sort of money, I would not want that finish on that guitar. Yeah. Well, look, nor the want. gold hardware. Very cheap. I mean, I'd just go for whatever, anything that isn't that, basically. Yeah, yeah I know what you're saying. <laughs> uh, it's just really, really bad. It looks like those. You know, the uh, they had that series, the AFG or AFB. Yeah, I think AFG were, for guitars, isn't it? AFB. Uh, that for, were actually the really good. They were good, but they look. But <laughs> this looks like one of those. Yeah, totally. And is six thousand pounds double I mean, the quadruple is, the price the thing is for ibanez you know the, so how long has he had how long has he been playing this i mean i like like you just pointed out i didn't i wasn't aware of any of this stuff so i i knew he played on on pimp the butterfly yeah. thing and and since he's been in thundercat that's <laughs> pimp the butterfly well whatever that is uh that, did you listen to that, that record hip-hop. yeah it's i have fantastic. to in, in my office all the time because of Charlie, one of the guys who works for me, constantly puts it on. But um, <laughs> it's good. Yeah, it's, little, it's fine. A little behind it's the scenes. Good. There. It's perfectly good. Um, but uh, yeah, he's been playing it the whole time I've been aware of him. Like yeah. I've never seen him play I anything mean, else. But I don't know. He could have been playing this for the whole time he yeah. was, you know, doing. Is he, I don't think he was playing a, a seven grand um, <laughs> Ibanez six string when he was in Suicidal no. Tendencies. Yeah, okay. But um, I mean, the thing is, for Ibanez, is if they're making it for him. You know they've got to make him. You'd expect that he is so, it's so esoteric. You'd expect that he's <laughs> no. got two or three with yeah. him on tour at any one time. So it, they have to make him three. So they have to make, make thirty. Ten. Yeah. I mean, how, how many yeah. of these are they going to sell? They're not going to sell that many. <sighs> no. So it makes sense for them to, even if it's this much money, they only need to sell a handful in order to cover the costs. And they probably don't need to cover the costs anyway because it's a it's a big marketing mm. scoop. It's you know it's. Opening up Ibanez, the Ibanez brand, to a different group of a different demographic. Of yeah, people, that's true. You know? But I, I mean, I think like people he, who want to play six string bass. <laughs> but, but it's not that. It's not just people. So play, that's a wanna, bad group. But, but it's not people wanting to play six string bass. It's people wanting to play jazz on a six string bass. Yeah, like How it's it's so like that sort of person doesn't even exist. Like he's I mean, the only one. That's most people who own six string instruments. Well, I don't it? think so. I think I think six string bass is like a, a lot of metal guys, like f- like funk guys or like fusion guys. Yeah, but like, I guess that's what you it's what not I like, think of. Fusion. Not like old school jazz. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's more that like modern like dream theater player six string oh. bass. Do, do you know what I mean? Those are sure. the guys buying six string basses. Yeah. This is like. 
quite trad sounding yeah well it's modern jazz isn't it but but he has a trad sound i love that trad sound where i plug my guitar into a synth it's really i, I guess super trad. i guess so this is this isn't oh oh sorry i've just seen here it's autumn leaf burst okay there the name of it. um but i guess this is kind of similar Hines to burst. what we saw with um for example the tosin abassi yeah um when his signature came out like a traditional extended range absolutely and all of a sudden it's okay so people who want to play eight string guitars aren't necessarily just tuning the eighth the the eighth string as low as they can possibly go to make you know they're not all down with the sickness is what you're saying yeah absolutely yeah some some of them are up with the um healthness (laughs) um but um we're getting old yeah (laughs) but uh but yeah I, i do you know what he's tuned to um, no, I don't actually. I assume it would be it would just be you, standard six string bass tuning, which so, is different from guitar tuning. Yeah, so it would be B to C, B E A D G. No, B E B E A F sharp. Uh, yeah, it'll be F sharp. No, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. It'd be D, and then B E A D G G. I think it would be an F sharp rather than a G. Why would it be an F sharp? That's what. A... No, it doesn't. That's B E A D G C, and then it would be a C, a C. Yeah. Okay. Instead of a B. Okay. Because it'd be slightly higher. A fret. With that, we should probably wrap up this podcast. <laughs> we're gonna. Who, uh, is that the end? That is the end. It's flown by this week. Are we going to talk about um, weird tunings? Probably some more <laughs> over on the Patreon. No, in all reality, B we're going to E A D. GC. There we go. We're going to talk Sorry. about that some more in the uh, Patreon episode. We we're also going to answer questions from Scott about um, current Les Paul models with P90s, a question from Paul about new amps, a question from Tom about overdrive pedals, um, and Jeff is asking us to name his new pedal. Exciting stuff. If you want to hear that, go to patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds, where from as little as $1 a month, you can support the Guitar Nerds podcast. $1 a month gets you the regular episode ad-free and early. $5 a month gets you the uh, regular episode ad free and early plus an extra half an hour every week plus access to the mini series Branton's Ranton you also get to hear from Matt Knight every week while he's in Japan um, I say every week he missed a week last week but <laughs> this week apparently he's just sent me the audio is uh, Double co- Bubble Double Bubble covers week 6 and uh, week no, 7, seven and, and 8 so yeah, yeah that he's, um, it's going to be uh, I guess it's longer I've not checked it yet um, so you'll get access to that at $5 at $10 a month you become one of our executive backers and get your name read out every week Week by Joe Branton in one breath, just like this. Remember the last hey. time you did this, you totally overcooked yourself. I know, I know. I've been playing that to people to demonstrate just how long I can hold a note. What do you mean you've been you've been playing what to people? The, just the end of last week's <laughs> podcast. I went I went to see my mum, so I said. I was just playing it. She must be so I proud. Showed my, my, mom, sis, my, mom, my sister. Look at how many mom. words I could say without in one breath. Mum, please listen. Mum, probably like yeah, Joe. Can you just fill up the bath? And if you could just practice that underwater, that'd be great. Thanks. Um, I showed all my sisters and brothers too. It's good. Oh my god. <laughs> I what, have all achieved your, all, your, all your successful yeah. married. Uh, homeowning sisters and brothers. Yeah, that's right. They're all like, like you know, don't drink any booze. <laughs> Do some of them drink a bit? Do but they, they are all way successful. Do, you, do, you wanna, do, do they wear stupid hats? Do you want a beer, Joeina? No, I never touched the stuff. <laughs> Joeina. <laughs> anyway, you get your name read out like this. I 
I think there's an ultimate an alternate dimension somewhere where that's just how you talk. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Hello, my name's Joe Burton. Would you like to buy a piece? I don't understand why it's that voice. Like, I understand doing it all in one breath, but why not just do it in a normal voice? Because you breathe more in a normal voice. What do you mean you breathe more in a normal voice? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. Right, it's time to wrap this up. So we're going to head to the Patreon and record an extra half an hour. Hopefully, Joe will just try and do that for half an hour pass out we'll never Hello. have to talk to him ever again <laughs> um, if you want to join in with the fun you can go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum you can also follow us on twitter and instagram at guitar nerds and you can go to youtube youtube.com forward slash guitar nerds videos thanks very much for listening this week and we'll see you next week Tara. cheers gang Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.